Rabbi Baal Shem Tov. Rabbi Baal Shem Tov is, uh, um, he was born uh, Israel Ben Eliezer, and uh, he's, he's very famous for um, really taking theology, the, thing, the things of God, spirituality, and showing that we live that in a wide variety of life circumstances. Basically, you do not have to be a priest to have a special connection to God. You do not have to be a rabbi to have a special connection to God. You do not have to be a pastor or a preacher to have a special connection to God. God wants to connect to everybody in a very unique and special way, no matter what walk of life we find ourselves in. And so I frequently tell my students this story uh, on the last day of class, and it's a story that Rabbi Baal Shem Tov used to tell his students. You see, Rabbi Baal Shem Tov was a very famous teacher. Students used to come from all over the world to study with him, some of the brightest minds. And ideally, after their years of studying with this great rabbi, they would go out and become teachers. And they would go out and become rabbis in their communities. And so he, he would tell them this story about a famous Torah scholar. Oh, a very righteous individual. I mean, this man rose early every morning to say his prayers. He would study Torah for hours every day, devoted to understanding the scriptures. This individual, he, he would uh, go, go to the synagogue to teach the children Torah and to teach the adults Torah. In fact, he was frequently involved uh, in the local synagogue teaching the people. You would always see him up there on the Sabbath leading the community in prayer. He was a very righteous and pious individual. And not just that, he, he, he lived out the faith that, that so shaped him. He was always the first one there to take care of someone in, in, in their hour of need, taking care of someone when they were sick, visiting people. He's a very righteous individual. This great Torah scholar also had a neighbor. And the neighbor also woke up early every morning, but truth be told, not always to say his prayers. The neighbor would, uh, would wake up early, not always to study Torah. You know, life gets busy and the neighbor had to go to work. The neighbor would work long hours every day. And, you know, the neighbor sometimes went to synagogue. Let's be honest, some days after a long week, we're just tired, aren't we? And, you know, sometimes when the neighbor came to synagogue, he, he was so tired that... He didn't always remember what was said. Didn't always get a whole lot out of it. Do, do we know what we're talking about here this morning? <laughs> Not so loudly. <laughs> but we see. One day, the Torah scholar passed his neighbor in the streets. And the Torah scholar looked at his neighbor with contempt. Because here is an individual who devotes his entire life to the things of this world and not the things of heaven. The Torah scholar, or the, the, the neighbor, when the neighbor walked past the Torah scholar, he looked at the Torah scholar and he said, wow, it must be nice to be able to study like that and to pray like that. I'd like to be able to do that someday. But not today. I have to go to work. Well, as Rabbi Baal Shem Tov would tell the story, their sojourn on earth came to an end. Their life came to its conclusion. And in, in, in Jewish uh, sort of afterlife mythology, um, oftentimes they have stories about an, two angels that follow us through life. 
One angel will record all of our good deeds, and one angel records all of our bad deeds. Some of us are going to go out and buy flowers for one of those two angels later. And when we come into the throne room of God, when our life comes to a conclusion, there's a scale. And they say in some of these stories that the angels will then put all of your good deeds and all of your bad deeds and weigh them to see what kind of life you lived. And so, as Rabbi Baal Shem Tov tells the story, the, the soul of the Torah scholar came in to the throne room of God. And there stood before the scale. And the angel that recorded all of his many good deeds just piled them onto the scale. Every time he woke up early to say his prayers. Every time, every hour he spent studying Torah. Every time he visited the sick, cared for those in need. Oh, he had so many good deeds to go on that scale looked like a very righteous individual. But then the prosecuting angel approached, and the prosecuting angel only brought one sin to put on the scale. That one look of contempt he gave his neighbor. And you know what? The scales balanced. And the Torah scholar was found to be wicked. Then, the soul of the neighbor came in. Oh, and the prosecuting angel had a lot to put on the scale for the soul of the neighbor. All of the times that he didn't say his prayers, all of the times that he didn't go to synagogue, all of the times that he slept through synagogue, all of the times that he stubbed his toe and said a bad word. Is that a sin? Okay, we're in church. For the sake of church, we'll say we shouldn't do that, okay? But he had so many sins to pile up. But then... Uh, the other angel who recorded his good deeds put only one thing on the scale. That one look he gave the Torah scholar when he said, Wow, I'd like to be able to study like that and pray like that. I just can't today. And you know what? The scale's balanced. And he was found righteous. And the reason why Rabbi Baal Shem Tov would tell this story to his students. And one of the reasons why I tell this story to my students at the end of the semester is that sometimes when we go throughout life and we try and live our faith, we try and live it out loud, and we try to live out loud with good deeds, and then we have an opportunity to study, an opportunity to come into the church and to, uh, to study the Bible, the scriptures, to learn. Let's be honest. Sometimes that can lead to a little bit of self-righteousness. Sometimes that can lead to a little bit of judgment for our neighbors. And what Rabbi Baal Shem Tov wanted his students to understand was that all of our good deeds, all of our time spent studying and praying should give us grounds to be compassionate, not critical of our neighbors. If all of our good deeds, if all of our time spent in study and in prayer is used to cast judgment on our neighbors, Oh, then all of that was worthless, wasn't it? All of those good deeds, all of that time spent studying. But as I meditate on this story, one of the themes that I notice is how important small moments can be. That one look. And this is actually a theme we find in many old rabbinic stories. The idea that very small moments, that if we are not careful, we could overlook or dismiss as insignificant. These small moments actually have eternal power inside of them. Yeah. Big power. Yeah. Buried, almost hidden, in small moments. Yeah. 
And we see this in a lot of stories about Rabbi Baal Shem Tov. Can I tell you one more about the great rabbi? There's a famous one when the rabbi was teaching. And all of the students are there listening. And students came from all over the world to listen. And a, uh, a, a tinker. You, you guys know what I mean by a tinker? Like, uh, you know, a handyman, someone who fixes stuff. Okay? Pushed his little, his, his little cart past the window. And just leaned his head into the window of the, of the academy. And asked, is there anything that needs mending? You know, he had his tools, and you know, he fixed chairs or pots or uh, doors, just anything. There's always something that needs mending, isn't there? And one of the students in the back said, Shh, be quiet, the great rabbi is teaching. And well, the, the tinker said, are, are you sure there's nothing I could fix for you this day? And another student said, please, please, we're listening to the great rabbi. Go, go along, go along, okay? And then the, the, the tinker, he said, well... There's always something that needs mending, if only you take the time to look. <laughs> and uh, another student said, yes, that's great, we'll call you later. Go on. And then the rabbi said, stop! That man who just came to the window was a prophet. And we're all thinking, wait a minute, no, he was a tinker, he wasn't a prophet, right? We would never want to overlook a prophet, right? And the rabbi said, how many times have I told you, nothing in God's world happens by accidents. All things are ordained by God, and God works through all things. That man just said, there is always something that could use mending if only we take the time to look. And so it is with our hearts. A small moment that we could have easily dismissed as insignificant. A small moment that we could have just glided through in life, ignoring. And yet, there, there was eternal significance. There was big power in that small moment. If only we took the time to look. Think about it. Has, has anyone ever said anything or, or done something to us? That, such a small moment, but it was life-changing for us? I mean, can, can we think of someone who, who maybe spoke a word into our life? It was just a small word, but that word had a big impact on us. We, we all know that words have power, right? With, with a single word, we could build up someone's day. I'm glad to see you here this morning. Right? And also with a single word, we could tear someone down. Have you ever had someone tear you down you just carry that with you the rest of the day? That was a small moment, but there was big power in that moment. Have you ever had someone do that and they never realized the impact they had on you? Okay, we're, 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 in, we're preparing to enter into Teacher Appreciation Week, right? Anyone here have a teacher that made a big impact on you? They might not have realized how big of an impact they made. And we think about the small moments that, that God used from them to make this impact on us. But yet, for those teachers, for, for them, they don't always see the impact. Yeah. Right? For them, it could just be another small moment. You know, and, and this is one of the reasons why uh, James, for example, James chapter 3 tells us, when he's talking about the tongue, says that the tongue, it's small, but it makes a big boast, right? Consider what a great forest is set on fire by just a small spark. 
because sometimes the words that we speak throughout the day, they are small, but they can have a pretty big impact, can't they? There is big power in small moments. And you see, my friends, if we're not careful, we could miss it. Turn and tell someone there's big power in small moments. Turn and tell someone else there's big power in small moments. You see, every small moment is packed with the potential for big power. Every small moment is endowed with the potential for having eternal significance. The danger is how often do we just gloss over those small moments in our day? How often do we just coast right through them? Never thinking about the big power that could be buried beneath every single one. I get up in the morning, I get my breakfast, I haven't had my coffee yet, you know I'm only half awake. Oh, nothing big's gonna happen in those small moments, am I correct? I'm at work, or I'm going to work, I pass my neighbor, oh, we only pass about three or four seconds, right? I'm intentional about that, five seconds, and you start tr triggering my introversion, okay? Three or four seconds tops, small moments. And so I just coast right through it, never thinking about the, the big power that can be buried in that moment. I'm at work in the break room. It's only a 10-minute break, right? And, you know, I'm perusing my phone, my social media. It's just a small moment, isn't it? Colleague walks in, and I may joke or make some small talk. Unless it's that one colleague. You all know what I'm talking about, right? Yep. If it's that one colleague, we get on our phone, you know, we're glued to our phone like a cat to a laser pointer. Yeah. You all know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That's such a small moment, isn't it? But is there potential for big power in that moment? See, my friends, and then I get to the end of my day. And I, and I thank God for the day that I've had. But I ask God to use me. I ask God to unleash big power in my life. All the while not realizing that I just coasted through so many small moments that have big power buried beneath, beneath them. Turn and tell someone there's big power in small moments. Because you see, my friends, the central theme in our passage this morning from the book of Deuteronomy is about loving God. This is what rolls through the entire chapter and drives the entire chapter forward. And then this, truth be told, uh, is one of the most recited prayers in Judaism, which we call the Shema. And we can take time to unpack every single word inside of here, to talk about what it looks like to love God with all of our hearts. Because truth be told, the Hebrew concept of the heart is a little different than our modern concept of the heart. We could say it's a little bit bigger. We could take some time to unpack what it looks like to love God with all of our souls, or our spirits. But truth be told, the Hebrew concept of a soul, it's a little bit different than our modern concept of a soul. Actually, the Hebrew concept of Nefesh, this is funny. Sorry, I'm going to sidetrack here for a second. This is funny. The Hebrew concept for Nefesh is the idea of your throat. Every breath in your lungs. As air comes in, and air goes out. You love God. Think about that. We can unpack so much about this. But here's the thing I want us to see. And, and, and the thing that stood out to me that, that I found fascinating as I was preparing for this message was this second theme that shows up, not just about loving God, but about how to make a big impact on the next generation. About how to make a big impact on those around us. 
You see, my friends, this passage is about investing in the next generation, about taking an active role in the formation of the next generation. And there's intentionality in this passage. What I find fascinating about this, impress them on your children, it says, but it tells them to do so using small moments. Did you catch that, church? You see, my friends, there are many places in Torah where it commands the people of God to pass on the stories of God in big moments. There are many places in Torah where it tells the people of God to take a day to make a big celebration in which we remember some aspect of our God and we pass it on to the next generation. A great example is with the Passover. Or we could look uh, at Yom Kippur or Sukkot or any of those celebrations. But what I find fascinating about this passage, my friends is that when it tells them to pass on how to love God, it's passing it on through small moments. This central command that runs all throughout the Bible, talk about it when you sit at home and when you walk along the road. How many times do we sit at home and that's just a small moment? And we dismiss it as insignificant. We're walking along the road. We're driving down the road. And that's just a small moment, right? We just want to get from point A to point B. And so we dismiss it as insignificant. And then it keeps going in verse 8. It tells them to tie this, this, these commands uh, as symbols on your hands, binding them to your foreheads. And in, in some, some traditions of Judaism, they do this quite literally. You write the command down and you bind it to your hands. You bind it to your forehead. In other traditions of Judaism, this is taken metaphorically. Everything your hand touches throughout the day is infused with the love of God. Every thought you have throughout the day infused with the love of God. How many things do my hands touch throughout the day and I dismiss as small moments? How many thoughts do I have throughout the day and I dismiss them as small moments? All those very ordinary activities, all of those very ordinary moments, infused with the commandment to love God. You see, my friends, there's something we need to realize. God wants our small moments. Turn and tell someone, God wants our small moments. You see, my friends, the thing to understand is that our God is a remarkably extraordinary God. Amen? But one of the things that makes our God so extraordinary is our God's remarkable ability to give eternal significance to the ordinary. In our God's hands, ordinary moments can become rather extraordinary experiences, can't they? Yeah. Life-changing experiences that echo into the halls of eternity, my friends. And that's the thing, is sometimes I dismiss my small moments, my small things, as insignificant. Sometimes I overlook those small moments as unessential, and I will let them pass me by. Yeah. But we should never underestimate what our God can do when we bring those small moments to Him. I'll say that again. We should never underestimate what our God can do when we bring those small things unto Him, my friends, because we should never underestimate what God will do with my smallness. Turn and tell someone, God wants your small moments. It may not have been more than five loaves and two fish. But in the hands of God, it became a banquet that folks talked about for 2,000 years. 
Where it tells us what God wants for a small moment. It may not be much more than five minutes in the break room at work, but in the hands of my God, that small moment can unleash some transformational power. Turn and tell someone God wants for a small moment. It may not be much more than a few small coins, but in the hands of God, oh my friends, it might not be much more than an encouraging word to a sister or a brother, but in the hands of God, oh my friends, it might not be much more than rejoicing with our neighbor in a moment of joy and crying with them in a moment of sorrow. My friends, in the hands of God, he will unleash great power in those small moments. So it might just be a 15 second quick prayer. Don't ever dismiss the power right. of small prayers. Amen. In the hands of God, these extraordinary, powerful, life-transforming experiences can be unleashed from small moments in our lives. These small moments can lead to extraordinary experiences with the power of God. Amen. Amen. Turn and tell someone, God wants your small moments. It was a relatively small thing when the Spirit of God told Philip in Acts chapter 8, go down to the road, Philip, south of Jerusalem. The Spirit of God didn't tell, Jeru didn't tell Philip what he was about to experience. The, Philip, uh, the Spirit of God did not tell Philip what eternal significance laid, on him, laid before him on that path. All the Spirit of God said was in this small moment to a small thing. Go down to the road. And so Philip goes down to the road. A small thing in a small moment. And then the Spirit of God speaks to Philip again. Go stand over by that chariot. Go up next to that chariot. The Spirit of God did not tell Philip what big things were about to follow. What big power was going to be unleashed from this small moment. The Spirit of God did not tell Philip how this moment was going to echo into the halls of eternity. Philip just did a small thing in a small moment. And we know the story from Acts 8. The gospel of God goes forth into the ends of the earth from that small moment. Yes, my friends. We cannot ever underestimate what God will do when we bring our small moments to Him. Amen. We cannot ever underestimate what God will do when we bring the small things in our lives Amen. to Him. We can never underestimate what God will do. Because sometimes I come to God and, and I think that this part of my life is just small and insignificant and I dismiss it. Sometimes I come to God and I, and I think this part of my life is, is not worth much and I just dismiss it. This moment in my day is not worth much. But God wants our small moments. Whether it's a small moment of kindness to our neighbor, a small word of encouragement, small gesture of love. God can do big things with our small moments. My friends, sometimes we go throughout our days, and for some of us, it's felt like a while since we've encountered that big power of God. Sometimes we go throughout our days, and it feels like it's been a while since we've encountered that transformational presence of God in our lives. That power is buried in all of those small moments. If only we take the time, ask God to unlock it, hand it over to God. And can I be true? Can I be truthful? Sometimes I have small things in my life, and I don't think they're worth very much. 
But in the hands of God, are they worth something? Oh, you better believe they are. I just got to hand them over to him. My friends, can I be even more honest for a second? Sometimes I feel like I'm the small thing. Sometimes I feel like my life is what's insignificant. In this world, it'll just keep turning whether or not I get out of bed in the morning. Can God do something with whatever I think is small? Oh, my friends. There are so many parts of our lives that God can transform. Even my entire life, if I think that's what's small. We just got to bring it unto Him. Amen? And so I'm asking you guys this morning, okay, what is the Spirit of God guiding you to right now in your hearts? Can we just take a moment? Look inside. Is there something small inside of there that we may have dismissed as insignificant? That we may have dismissed as so ordinary? Not worthy for a king. Not worthy for the creator. Is there something small in there and God is telling you this morning, bring your small things to me. Bring those small moments to me. I don't know what God's going to tell you in this time of reflection, of searching. But I know we can trust the Spirit of God to show up in this moment. Amen? Amen. And so here's what I want to invite us to do in this time of reflection. I'm going to pray. And I just want us to look inside and find that small thing, that small moment that God wants you to hand over. You can hand it over wherever you are. If, if you want to come up to the altar to pray, you can come up and pray. If you want pastor to pray for you, pastor will come up and pray for you. Okay, we've got men and women of the church that will gather around you and pray with you. We are a community that can do this together, amen? amen. This hour, this moment may seem small, but we can unlock the eternal implications of it. And if this is a time when you haven't given your life to Jesus, oh my friends, can he do great things? Amen. 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 Pray with me. Pray with me. Lord, in this hour, we come before you to search through our hearts, to find those small moments, those small things inside of our lives that you call for today. Lord, in this hour, we want to find those moments that we might gloss over and hand them over to you. Because when we hand over moments throughout our day, no matter how small they may be, we may find ourselves handing over habits, routines, traditions. In this time, God, we want to experience the transformational power of your spirits. The transformational power of your spirits in this small Open our eyes, unlock our hearts, and do big things in this small moment. Amen. Amen. The doors of the church are open. My name is Constance, praise team seeker here at One Fellowship Church in Waco, Texas. Thank you for listening. You can learn more about our congregation online at onefellowshipumc.org. You can also like us on Facebook in order to stay up to date with the latest events and activities taking place in our community. Please feel free to share this message and others on social media so that more people can hear about what God is doing here at One Fellowship Church. Thank you and God bless.
to do some big things in your sports.